Let's spell a song so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and today is an all-stars version of life's but a song we've got besties of the pod uh lauren Gismondi, and shady everyone oh i feel so honored all stars i think y'all have been on the most out of everyone maybe jason has been on the equal amount but who knows if anyone's at home keeping track let me know and today we're talking about well I know you both love this movie I love it too and I hope everyone else loves it it's Eurovision Song Contest the story of Fire Saga Woo! Uh, full disclosure on mine and Shady's podcast movie Deja Vu we've covered this movie kind of Yes, but in context of a comparison, mm-hmm. not right. not on its own. So if you want to go listen to a, lot, a shit ton of fun facts, because I'm not repeating myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to listen to a shit ton of fun facts about this movie, go listen to that episode. But you're here to listen to us, like, you know, talk about just this movie uh your vision song contest the story of fire saga which you have to say the whole title came out in 2020 you know the year that never existed screenplay by will ferrell and andrew Steele, directed by david dobkin and i didn't list song writers because every song is written by a different person literally um, and according to IMDb, when aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song co- competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. That's actually like the nicest, most succinct <laughs> IMDb blurb yeah. I've ever read. You get you get your major themes in there. You get your major character names in there. Right. They could have mentioned the love story, but like, it's okay. I'm Uh, okay saying that the love story is secondary to the contest itself and the proving to the world that we can do it type of thing. Really? I thought it was equal. I mean, it it is equal. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I like the pride following your dreams theme a little more than the love story so much, but. So, Lauren, it's great that you're here because you are a singer uh, and performer. Is there, like, we kind of talked about this uh, on the other episode, but is there, like, an equivalent to a Spjorg note? I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think that's right. But then again, I don't speak Icelandic (laughs) or any Northern European language for that matter. I mean, whistle tones is probably the closest thing, if you're familiar uh, with, with the great Mariah Carey and Ariana Grande. Um, they're pretty notorious for that. That's the closest thing I, as far as like technical musicality would go. Because like when, uh, I'm jumping right ahead to the ending of this movie. <laughs> 
when yes. Se- when Secret actually sings the Spjorg note, it's beautiful. And yeah, that- I know I read that like they made that term up, so that's why I was like, "Well, is this a real thing?" Yeah, it's so emotional and so beautiful. Um, <laughs> but how did you y'all feel about this Will Ferrell movie? Like, does it feel like a Will Ferrell movie, or does it feel like it's like a Will Ferrell 2.0 or something completely different? I, I think it feels like one of the older, like mid 2000s Will Ferrell movies, um, which not weren't always so great. You know, Kicking and Screaming was not a great movie. Bewitched was pretty not great. But I, for, um, I forgot about Bewitched. <laughs> I know most people did. I wish I did. Um, but I think it, it also kind of it feels very reminiscent at times to elf in a lot of ways oh. like i think i think it just had like especially secret's character um feels very similar to buddy the elf just in their sunny outlook and uh um i don't know like a, a lot of it does kind of remind me of elf a lot i'm maybe the only person who ever thought that <laughs> now that you say it i can see it yeah yeah, there, there's just kind of like this like touch of whimsy uh, with both of these movies that uh, is not super common in mainstream uh, comedies at all anymore. Um, so maybe it's just kind of that, that, I mean, like we do find out that the elves are real in Eurovision <laughs> Song Contest, uh, the story of Fire Saga. But like there, there is like a little bit of a, they, they have fun with sort of magical whimsical elements without making that the main story uh for this movie but it yeah i'm just talking in circles at this point i'm sorry welcome to podcasting (laughs) (laughs) what was the question i'll be one better (laughs) well does this feel like a typical will ferrell movie i'm going to say no I don't think so, personally. I, I think, how do I describe this? Honestly, I, I think it, it's such, it strikes such a nice balance between him and Rachel McAdams that I can't sit there and be like, this is obviously a Will Ferrell comedy. I mean, he wrote it, yes, but I feel like there were so many other influences that, elev- that almost elevate it. Mm-hmm. That's my personal feeling. And maybe it's because it is like, I'm a massive like Europhile. So I appreciate all of it. And that's like what it feels like. It's like a, almost like a bizarre uh, fever dream love letter to the actual Eurovision song contest. Oh, 125%. Yeah. And, and a little Iceland, like yeah. a little to Iceland. Mm-hmm. I, I, but this one thing that kind of bothers me about the movie is that there aren't a ton of actors from Iceland in it. True. There's a lot of Swedish people. A lot of Swedish people. But, you know, Iceland's also like a very small country. So your pool of actors is going to be much smaller if you're just looking at Icelandic actors. So the reason why I have you two, I, I asked you two to do this episode, which you know, or I hope you, you've put two and two together, is that by the time this episode comes out, Lauren and I would, are in Iceland. Hopefully... Uh, you know, trancing about, sing- singing our asses off from the soundtrack. 
but shady you've been to iceland yeah i'm so jealous you guys are in iceland right now are we pretending we're you're in iceland right now? uh let's not pretend because you know uh, as great of an actress lauren is i'm not the greatest oh no i'm terrible especially with improv um (laughs) i can yeah i could yes and but i'm like "Mm, let's not pretend we're in the future let's pretend (laughs) let's be realistic about this so were you afraid of the elves uh not you know not really i thought i was gonna if i ran into an elf i would just give them my bread and make friends um. Okay. Okay. So Lauren, take note. We have to carry bread around at all times. <laughs> oh no. Where are we going to put it? <laughs> well, you know, we'll have backpacks and bags and stuff. So just to make sure if we come across any elf houses or fairy houses or whatever, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave some bread and, and, you know, maybe ask for a safe voyage or something. <laughs> No problem. I can do that. We have a fairy trail in my neighborhood in New York City with the little doors and everything. Aww. So I'm familiar. Yeah. I, I did didn't see... even know that. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a it's a whole they have their own Instagram presence and everything called a fairy tale. Sorry, fairy trail in New York. Oh. And it's all all the half the neighborhood has little fairy doors and it's all decorated. It's very sweet. It's one of a few things in the pandemic that I was like, this is fun. I remember fun. <laughs> oh, that's a good concept that I keep forgetting. Yeah. Fun. yeah. Remember fun. Remember people. Uh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did see fairy houses in Iceland. Um, and I did see like natural fairy houses, which is like a rock or a tree that has a hole in it. Oh, um, which you know happens in nature, but the the folklore is that that's where fairies live, or that's where oh. live. did you go to Husavik while while you were there, or you just stayed in Reykjavik? I mostly stayed in Reykjavik. Um, I was only there for about four days, and most of what I did, like I did food tours and I did a distillery tour and whale watching and all that, uh, which most of that I was able to just stay in uh, Reykjavik for. Um, I did travel a little bit to some of like the natural sites, but I didn't, I did not manage to make it to up to Husavik. So clearly if you were in Husavik, you would have seen the whales do like pirouettes outside of the. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apparently my, my whale watching experience, which was incredibly magical was not magical enough. So I have to go back to to Iceland for the full experience. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was very magical though I, I whale watching was maybe my favorite part um okay so let's get back to the movie okay. <laughs> I know I know Shady you you want your own podcast to talk about Iceland all t- all day yeah. every day but like well, that, that's what the world needs is an American who spent four days in Reykjavik talking about Iceland like she's the expert of course actually that would that might fly on like Fox that could absolutely <laughs> fly Oh no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't like how much I, I praise their ability to reduce their fossil fuel dependency. <laughs> true, true. Um, okay, <laughs> so while I, I literally finished rewatching this movie just like you know an hour before we started recording, um, and i was wondering what the uh each songwriter like what the parameters for the songwriters were for like the uh eurovision songs were because i know 
Eurovision, the real Eurovision Song Contest has like a theme every year. So I don't know if like they were given a theme or they were just like write ridiculous nonsense words. (laughs) What do you, what do y'all think? I do know one of the songs it, uh, it's the, the, they play the Swedish performers in the movie, um, but the band is actually British and they're called Anteros. They do that full moon song. Uh-huh. Um, that's a real song. Yeah. Uh, I know that. Like, that. like that's actually that band's song. And I think they might've cast them in the movie because they liked the song and they kind of wanted more of an indie pop rock song in there somewhere. But like when you listen to Running With The Wolves, like as great as it sounds. Oh, it's great. <laughs> but you listen to the lyrics and you're like, this is total nonsense. Yeah. Or like uh, the one that uh, the Greek singer Mita sings, mm-hmm. which Coming. the song itself I think is like quite fun, but it's also very like cabaret-y and like the performances with the, the alien ladies. And very wow. sexual. Very. I, maybe, I think honestly the theme was sex. Get Lion of Love. You got Double Trouble. I think the yeah. theme was sex. There, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Running with the Wolves thing could very much be a weird sex thing. Absolutely, alpha, like alpha males, hoopty doo. I almost said symbolism, and I'm like, that's not really right. One I'm of hoopty doo. One of the songs <laughs> is called "Hit My Itch." So yes, well, I, there you go. I told you, it's about sex. It's all sexual. I mean. Will Ferrell, you're more than welcome to come on the pod and like tell us. Or, <laughs> I mean, it, inquiring minds want to know. It's not. It's it's it, it's just something I want to know. I don't need to know, but I want I I want it in a way. No, I I need to know. <laughs> All right, Will Ferrell, come on the pod. <laughs> so yes, I oh God, this movie is just so good. I really. It's a, you know what it is, is it's brilliant and it's smart. I love a smart comedy, probably mm-hmm. yeah. almost as much as I love a stupid comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also has the stupid moments in it. Which... Right. But it's, yes. like, it's so well-crafted too, though. It like so many of the jokes are so well set up um, that like, even though the punchline is very stupid or the humor to appreciate it is very stupid, they have to be clever to like actually pull it off the way they mm-hmm. And like the, I, I'm surprised though that they didn't make the songs. Well, like you know, some of the songs have innuendo in them, but they didn't make them like total jokes in a way. Yeah, that's one thing I appreciate. Is I think uh, with you know the exception of Lion of Love, I think most <laughs> of the songs they probably were like, well, ma- don't make it a joke song or a parody song. Make it as close to what people would actually write for Eurovision as you can mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate because that I think that's a lot smarter and a lot less cheap than just writing ridiculous stuff and like the fire saga songs yeah they're kind of except for Husevik, they're kind of jokey in a way but like it's more about how the over the top the performance is rather than you know they're right. sounding like idiots right I mean double trouble is not like great but it's a song I would listen to on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Volcano Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know how I feel about Yaya Ding Dong, so. 
Well, Lauren yells it at me every time we talk about our, our trip. <laughs> Actually, before <laughs> before we planned on going on our trip, Lauren was like, play, I got ding dong. It's really serious. It's also, um, in addition to Hands Up by Ottawan, um, I've decided that if when slash if I ever get married, um, every hour on the hour, there needs to be Hands Up in either French or English played or Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong, just like on every hour on the hour, just to make everybody nuts. I love that. <laughs> Oh, I think yeah. Yaya Ding Dong is like a brilliant piece. And I think on YouTube, when they were nominated for best song during the Oscars for uh, Husevik, there was a whole campaign done by the actors in the movie that it was a mistake. It should have been Yaya Ding Dong. Why? <laughs> no, no Eurovision song. Yaya Ding Dong. Like, just like the movie. And it was ah, priceless. <laughs> I love uh, it. I agree. I, Yaya Ding Dong. I mean, they both deserve nominations, but Yaya Ding Dong is like number one for me. <laughs> I did read on the IMDb, I'm trying to find it now, that at the 2021 uh, Eurovision Song Contest, the real thing, you know, not the one that the, it's in the movie, mm-hmm. um, some one of the contestants actually had a sign in like the contestants um lounge you know that yeah. you see in the movie that says play ya ya ding dong oh <laughs> that makes me so happy that makes I'm, me happy too and and iceland went far in this year's eurovision too it's true still didn't so, win but still didn't win but they 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 wore those cute little sweaters <laughs> oh okay so this is not it but uh, this is another fun thing uh during eurovision the, the Eurovision contest in 2021 in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, for the for those that don't know where Rotterdam is, i.e. myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Iceland was asked which song they gave 12 points to, they answered, yeah, yeah, ding dong. <laughs> that is wonderful. I love it. I do have like, I have a feeling that this movie is probably, the humor, a lot of it is probably well more appreciated in iceland and in europe than uh with a lot of americans oh a a fucking course because the way that will ferrell's character makes fun of the american uh, of the american groups it's like oh, that's my favorite part it's great it's like all of a sudden a mirror pops out of nowhere and i'm looking at myself going yes (laughs) uh oh so it was uh going back it was the finnish team at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2021 that carried a poster in the green room that said, play Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. <laughs> so go Finland. It. Go Finland. I want to talk about the song along for a brief moment. Ah, yes. It makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't think I said this on our episode, for whatever reason, when they get to, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, the Celine Dion song. <laughs> <laughs> the French one. The French, yeah, where, where it's, you know, somebody in Kachita were singing it. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, I start crying and I don't know why. Does anyone, can anyone answer that for me? <laughs> like, you know, it's all pop music and everything. And they, uh, if you listen to the song along version of that Celine Dion year mm-hmm. song, they made it poppy, like a little more. <laughs> poppy right they put the techno beat under it yeah i 
think the reason it's so emotionally evocative is also because of who is singing it and the way in which the, they, no, seriously, in the way in which it was filmed is like, you know, based upon the voice, it's sort of like if you've ever watched the program, The Voice, and they occasionally ask you to, like the audience to play along if you're at home, where they won't show the singer until, you know, somebody turns around. It was sort of the same thing. Like, I had no idea that, you know, it was going to turn and there was going to be like this gorgeous human with this huge, thick, full beard and singing that way. I mean, that's also, I think it, for me personally, that's what I felt. I was like, oh, this is unexpected and I'm delighted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that big sweeping uh, pan around, which is very dramatic in film language. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and like that, like just that, even if you were just looking at it, that would make you feel something. But then to add that to that beautiful voice. And at this point, it's, you know, all these fun pop songs that we all know. And I think switching the language there to French, even though it still like fits the theme because it's a Eurovision song, it's still Celine. But I think uh, switching to a language that the audience might not understand allows you to really pay attention to the music itself and not so much just the words or trying to sing along to the words. Right, it becomes about the visual too. Yeah, so I think in some ways, like just that we don't speak French and we have no idea what those lyrics are makes the music a little more emotional and the visuals more emotional. Part of me was kind of joking in like when I was rewatching it, like trying to justify my tears because um, (laughs) that was the 1988 winner. And as we all know here, 1988 is such a great year. Sorry, Lauren. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, damn. Okay. I guess I know my place. Guns blazing. We're doing well. I mean, in that song, they honor like the two artists, like the two major artists to come out of Eurovision Song Contest that won. I don't know if Lulu actually won her year, but like she was all like there, there have been other artists in the past, but like ABBA, come on. They like created and broke the mold for the, the song contest. And then Celine Dion obviously became, you know, Celine Dion. <laughs> but uh, the song along, while I was rewatching it today, I realized it felt more like a music video. Not in, like not to say that in a bad way, but like there were the, some shots that I was like, oh, they made like a music video. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't like a typical musical moment, but like they were going for a music yeah. video feel. No, it's very appropriate for that moment. But yeah, they do get a lot more dramatic with the visual language. The lighting suddenly becomes a lot uh, like like they kind of just change the lighting where it's not so much about the fills and everything and making it look naturalistic. It's supposed to look stylized. Um, It's a little more expressionist. But there's also that one shot that I'm thinking of right now where they're all looking down at the camera. (laughs) It's great. It's great. I love it. It's perfect, but it's like, Okay, now we're making we're making a music video. We're not like videoing, not videoing words. We're not <laughs> filming, we're filming, not filming uh, a song. We're making a music video, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it, it is like the. I mean, I know the song along it, itself is diegetic, uh, but it feels like visually that whole sequence goes into non diegesis. Ooh. 
um, where it feels like at least visually and maybe to some degree um, orally as well, because these people did not like practice this song together, rehearse that all together. What do you mean? <laughs> um, you mean they just did it? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like you have to suspend your disbelief at that point and be like, well, either it is happening exactly this way and we can make that break from reality because it's a comedy, or we can assume that this is how it's going in these characters' heads. So again, it's taking on more of an expressionist and a little less naturalistic feel from the rest of the movie. But again, totally appropriate in that moment. Yeah, I think it goes along with the whole idea of fire. I'm sorry, fire, sorry, listen to me. The whole idea of Eurovision to begin with. Which it does feel like a massive escape from reality. True. I find when I watch it, like the actual song contest. How how is it like a week long event or a couple or is it just like three days? I'm going to double check. I don't think it's a full week for the actual contest. The way that they lay it out in the movie, which I think is actually what happens, is that like they have two days of semifinals and then they have the finals. On a, on a separate day. So maybe like three to four days. Because I feel like I've also seen that acts like can alter like choreography or something between their semifinal performance and then their final performance. What comes to mind is uh, the 2019 one where Netta, who won with the song Toy, which is a fucking bop, they altered like little things here and there for each performance that she did. It, like not the song itself, but you know, the presentation, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. And for what it's worth in scrolling through the internets, uh, there isn't actually any given timeline, but based upon how, how many days they film, I'm pretty sure it is between three and four days. Yeah. Yeah, Just in order to get through, yeah, two hours for the semifinals and then four hours for the finals. That's the total running time. Ooh. I'm going to keep looking. There's 20 more rows for me to read. Oh, goody. <laughs> it's gonna, it, but tonight's going to be a good, good night, everyone, at the mm-hmm. finals. I got a feeling. Yep. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's the Eurovision Song Contest has been around for over 65 years now Mm -hmm. you know so this is a long ongoing thing (laughs) that americans are not allowed to participate in can't imagine why they would do that i mean it's called eurovision yeah it was a joke i know (laughs) doesn't mean that was a very good joke i'm sorry (laughs) but we have american idol so like yeah but that's just a ripoff of british idol anyway true very very true <laughs> no there there have been i think efforts to try to get the u.s involved because there are some non-european countries that do participate in eurovision uh for example australia which mm-hmm. is technically part of the commonwealth but still technically not european it's its own continent <laughs> it did start yes primarily in europe and then over like primarily in the 70s and the 80s then there were countries from west asia and north africa that began competing and then after the cold war that's when you got all of the cold war freed countries participating after that i'm so glad somebody did the research and- <laughs> <laughs> i can't take any credit i'm just reading <laughs> I think if uh, they ever did allow the U.S. to participate in Eurovision, like we can only send like country stars 
and like just give them the largest cowboy hats and the largest belt buckles possible. Like oh, it's, man. Really, it's really got to be American. Like Garth give them an AK forty seven that they bought at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the Walmart price tag still on it. Oh yeah, they've got a shopping bag with them. Says Walmart. Um, like I think it's really got to be just the absolute worst. Amer- ugliest American stereotypes you can think of. I would kind of love that. It would be great camp. I it think. would, I mean, it would also be funny if they like took the jokes from this movie that Will Ferrell says to the Americans and yeah. like pers- like made the person do that. Like they have a giant Starbucks cup and everything. And- yeah, PSL. <laughs> they're, they're just asking everybody, did they film Game of Thrones here? <laughs> Which I know one of those actors is not American and I feel like I heard like one of the women isn't American either so I found that hilarious that like even the American like even the Americans are not American yeah well you got you got you've got Will Ferrell in the lead so it's not fair you've got an American playing a Euro well and Rachel McAdams well she's Canadian that's it oh Pierce well, Brosnan has dual citizenship, though. He's American. Yeah, which if you, <laughs> um, they, as we all see at the end of the movie, they show you when they do the credits, they have their country of origin a flag next to the name, which I thought that was cute. Like I thought that was cute. It was very, that's what they do for Eurovision, isn't it? In the yes. Yeah. So that was cute. Okay, which song do you think is stronger that, they should have done that fire saga should have done for the um eurovision double trouble or husevik volcano man oh third <laughs> option <No>. okay <laughs> don't say yeah yeah ding dong lauren and i'm not saying anything because <laughs> <laughs> well okay so double trouble is a great song but mm-hmm. i feel like husevik it, like literally the title is Husevik my hometown like no I, I got you I understand but the theme was sex and that's not what the song is about so it's out <laughs> out I say well could it well could whereas Yaya Ding Dong and Double Trouble qualify for the theme and there you go oh, Yaya Ding Dong is very much about sex yeah that's the song with a lot of really great double entendre yes well okay so if if we're going to bend the theme a little (laughs) bit uh where you know husevik is also about like love in a way and Mm -hmm. you know non-sexual love non-sexual love so it's, it's just about love now yeah, John, you're you just really want us to say I that want... they should have done Husevik from the very beginning. But in fairness, Husevik wasn't a song when they submitted. <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, okay. They, they didn't finish it yet. I I mean, if this was, if I Husevik mean, was done, realistically, Husevik is a stronger song. Of course, it is, but it doesn't fit the theme. I mean, if we're gonna, I, I look, I, I agree, but you're wrong. <laughs> okay I, i'm allowed to be wrong i get it that you know it doesn't fit the th- i'm sorry i forgot that the theme was sex when i was writing these questions out <laughs> well you didn't know that was the theme we had to talk about it first and kind of come to that consensus that i forced upon this conversation well, okay but let's think of it this way Husevik is where she was born 
it's also potentially where she was conceived. Boom, it's a sex song. Ah. Look, going all meta. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm just twisting everything around because (laughs) I also want the song where they actually sing in Icelandic to be the song that they perform. Yeah. Because it's such such a beautiful language and English is so ugly. Yeah, it's not pretty. uh, So I said earlier that uh, we had each song was done by a different writing do like writing team i'm very surprised though that like the fire saga songs were written by different people it wasn't like one group to be like mm. you're doing fire saga i know shady you said that uh anteros wrote full moon and it looks like some of the performers who were the other contestants one at least one of them wrote the mm. song except for come and play which uh masquerade which was M- mitya's song okay like you know that's that's not her she's an actress first i think right it, it it's interesting because like although uh fire saga's three songs in the that are presented to us double trouble volcano man and husevik are written by different people it feels like it's actually written by the same team in a way yeah mm-hmm. well i think there's kind of at least a built-in justification for Husevik being written by a different team because at least I was under the impression that their other songs, uh, Lars was the primary songwriter mm-hmm. and Husevik yeah. was written by Sigrid. So True. it kind of makes sense if, if they didn't quite sound cohesive. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. yeah I, 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 mm. Well, especially if we don't know like how much of the responsibility was actually being shared right. in their partnership. I've got the sense for what it's worth that her talent in writing was kind of a secret. Well, that was what I, that was maybe I misunderstood, but that is what my no, that, that, that's is. How, that's how it read to me as well. I could see that too. Like maybe she would be like, let's say this instead of what you wrote down. Like maybe she like, like she in. contributes she's right. like it's a collaboration but, but like she's she... like he's the visionary behind the band she's the voice mm-hmm. yeah and like you know he creates the costumes and the everything which i <laughs> i'm not it, it's an honorary sharp i'm not sharpening it but that's an like all of her the fact <laughs> the fact that his character i i can just see him you know with like uh the pin bracelet and everything you know just like sewing and what one hand is sewing and the other one is writing out the sheet music for the for the songs <laughs> and then all of a sudden a third arm pops out and he's like doing other like <laughs> gluing fur onto boots or, or shit like that like i yeah. could i could see that in lars's quote-unquote <laughs> downtime no lars very much uh sees himself as a mad genius Okay, I was a little confused about Mitya and Lemtov's like goal with Will Ferrell and at Rachel McAdams. Like, were they trying to split them up, or were they just like, "We're having fun, you know, we're European, let's hook up." I think, I, I think that's it. Like, I, I don't. They clearly neither of them really cared all that much about actually winning Eurovision. They were just kind of there for the funsies. Um, so I don't think they were trying to sabotage Fire Saga. Um, I think it was just like, oh, it's 
these people are kind of cute because they're so new to all of this and they're so kind of naive but like I think they were sort of attracted to like almost being like oh this person could sort of be like my pet and then Lemtop I think obviously uh looking for a beard well uh, well is he actually fully gay or his it could he be like bi or pansexual yeah that's a good point i mean he's pretty gay he's pretty he's pretty gay but like i i think i think he's attracted to cigarette in like uh like he he really wants to be her friend kind of way and I think like, he also wants to work with her too. Yeah. Like, like he, he wants to be like her mentor or something. Yeah. He sees her talent in like as a singer that maybe has been overlooked by Lars forever. Right. Like I I know that they're hinting hardcore that he's gay, but there there were moments where I was like, I can see him just being like, hey, I don't care what you have downstairs. We're gonna fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's more into himself than anything else. That's true. And he does like, not in like necessarily like an evil way or anything, but like, he's like, well, this person kind of compliments me well. So like, I could see him being attracted to somebody just because of how they make him look. So yeah. he's, he's not like a, a villain per se. Like, no. Victor, like Victor is the villain of the movie. Right. Victor's the outright villain. He's an antagonist <laughs> in that he's an obstacle between Sigrid and uh, Lars getting together, mm. but he's not, he's, he's actually helping them through the contest itself. And he is very supportive of Sigrid. Like he's not like manipulative towards her or anything. Well, helpful towards her really, not so yeah. much Lars. Yeah, no, he, he... <laughs> no. Um, I have one last question. Well, <laughs> that's funny because it's never the last one uh <laughs> do you think this would work as a stage version a lot would have to be altered obviously yeah. but like this the story itself and maybe adding more musical theatery moments where like they bre- break out into song instead of having a dialogue mm-hmm. could it work i think it would work really well as an arena show not in like the traditional sense of like, we're going to Broadway. I'm like, nah, this is some arena show business. It would work so well, like under a massive tent somewhere in the woods, you know? Like what Jesus Christ Superstar is supposed to be? A little bit like that. <laughs> um, what great comet was before it moved to Broadway, kind of the same thing. Uh... Like they, li- they had their life before in like, in kind of making it feel almost truly a fantasy like you walk through the walk walk through the curtains and you are completely transported into the world of eurovision i mean i think it could totally work it would just require a massive budget and like three stages (laughs) if this was to happen they would keep the songs like they may have to get rid of the song along unfortunately unless they like have can get the rights from everyone and so why you need lots of money <laughs> and, and then maybe hire like a songwriting team to do like the i want song or like uh demi lovato's character can be like singing her lines instead of you know oh yeah speaking she could be them. a singing ghost yeah and then like you know yeah, and i guess like you know when they're doing like the montage of all the acts you turn that into like a massive number uh, like ensemble number that sort of weaves in and out of different styles. 
Oh yeah, of course. I, I'm not. I'm not so good with the music talk, so I don't know what I'm really saying. No, you you said the words okay. that were right. <laughs> but I, I get what you mean because they. Um, I, I know it'll be a little difficult to do that because uh, you know we're dealing with live performance rather than you know cut next scene. Well, uh, look at Moulin Rouge. I don't think it's that impossible. No, like the yeah. elephant love medley. They do yeah. that eight times a week. It's not just, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Yeah, no, I think, I think it just requires a lot of actual adapt adaptation. Right. Uh, just a lot of, well, we can't translate this exactly on the stage. How do we change it for stage language? Right. Like I said, I don't know how well they can get the rights to all these songs, but like if they're going to adjust them, still do this mon- medley montage moment, but like maybe different songs that, you know, you can get away with <laughs> more yeah. original songs. I think that, you know, the big thing that you would lose is you couldn't get as much involved because they did shoot this at the 2019 Eurovision. Yes. Yep. Okay. So like you wouldn't have the actual Eurovision uh, audience that could be there and the, like the same sort of like filmic setup. I don't think, I mean, you could probably get people who've been contestants on Eurovision to like do stints in the show, but like obviously you wouldn't be able to do like the cameos and stuff that the movie does. Oh my God, have them come in to do like a week of cameo. Yeah. <laughs> where where it's like, this is clearly the cameo parts. These are yeah. the cameo parts, you know, <laughs> we, ro- rotate them out. be this person that last week it was this person. Could you imagine if Celine went on? <gasps> John, she's so busy in Vegas. I, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll be like, Celine, it's for Eurovision. <laughs> she, she will say no, but like, we can dream. Uh, yeah, you, you can't. She's a, a, like one of the most successful Vegas shows of all time. You don't just stop at her Broadway. Come on. Can we get Benny and or Bjorn? Ooh, From, yeah, because they did Mamma Mia. They did. They did chess. They did. No, I meant like to be the guest, the the cameo guests. Yeah, why not? They've they've got a history on Broadway. <laughs> Is there anything else y'all want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I think at this point, if you haven't seen this movie, maybe you should. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, we like. <laughs> It's two hours on Netflix. It's two hours. Yeah. It's, it's two hours you're not going to regret on Netflix, more specifically. I think I watched this right around the same time I watched Tiger King because I oh. delayed watching Tiger oh. King because for, for personal reasons that I'm not going to delve into at the moment. Uh, and I found that this was much better than Tiger King. So there, there's my personal uh, recommendation. <laughs> I mean, it's a feel-good movie. You're going to laugh at points. Yeah. Um, you may feel emotional at points, i.e. like me crying during the song along for whatever yeah. fucking reason. Oh, no. I get very emotional during Husevik when she sings in Icelandic and all the people mm-hmm. back home are watching. I, I think it's kind of funny, though, that like they're all watching and they're having hometown pride, but like, you know, Graham Norton undercuts it being like, they will be disqualified, but <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what, what a, a bitch. What a 
what a great uh, song they did. They will be disqualified for changing their song at the end, last minute. <laughs> but yeah. But that's Now that Graham Norton is hosting a show that's kind of actually sort of similar to Eurovision on Paramount Plus, it's called Queens of the Universe. I'm very curious now because I, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm really sorry. This tangent might not make any sense. Well, Graham Norton's cameo is also paying respect to the real Eurovision because he's the UK representative. Uh, There were scenes where you saw like the different uh, speakers or podcasters or whatever they were um, talking in their their respective country's language. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. And since, you know, like technically it was the UK, I guess he was like the main correspondent or main host of your uh-huh. vision. Oh yeah, because theirs was in Edinburgh. Edinburgh, which I was reading, technically could it ha- uh, can't happen, uh, but they would perform in Glasgow because uh. there's a bigger arena there. All right, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Okay. Sharp Flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it, uh, about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it is flat. Uh, Shady, why don't you go first with your sharps? Hey, very obviously actually filmed in Iceland, at least uh, a lot of the Iceland parts. So I loved just seeing that landscape, seeing them really make use of that. It's such a beautiful country, like natural beauty and everything. So I loved that they like really made the most of that. Um, I loved how much of actual Icelandic culture they made it in there while still making it funny and accessible to people who don't know Icelandic culture that well. Um, I think we talked about on our podcast, there is one, one running gag that you wouldn't understand like you just don't get it unless you know how last names work in Iceland because they use patronomic names which means your last name is your father's first name and if you're a a boy it's followed by son or if you're a girl it's followed by daughter and Lars and Sigrid have the same last name allegedly allegedly Uh, because Pierce Brosnan's character does admit that Helka yeah helka wasn't interested in him way back in the day but you know then they get married at the end spoiler (laughs) not really so that that's just a an added layer to the joke of like uh will ferrell's character just being like i don't think she's my sister yeah probably not probably not (laughs) um so i thought that was really funny but again that's like a joke that's not accessible unless you know the naming traditions Mm -hmm. but it was still like like there are a lot of Icelandic people who really responded well to this movie because it did such a good job representing their culture and making jokes about it without actually making fun of it. Um, I think they really balanced that super well. well there we go. In Icelandic, everybody speaks English uh, in addition to Icelandic for the most part, but they use the word super a lot and they peppered super into the dialogue a lot in this movie, which I loved. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's my biggest sharp. Okay, Lauren, what were your sharps for the movie? I've already think I, I think I said it already that it is really kind of a love letter to this wild contest that goes down once a year during the summer months, and that just makes me so happy. I, 
I'm a huge advocate for like exploring things beyond your own borders. And it's part of the reason I struggle sometimes with uh, people in the States, not everybody naturally, but you know, certain, some people in the States who just never go, go beyond their own state, let alone the country, right? So this is such an easy way and a nice way to access that information. So starting with this, like you watch this movie and you're like, well, wait, what is Eurovision? And then you get to go down this really wild and fun adventure into how other people do things. I I don't know. I I think it's because I I so love exploring and so love that aspect of life that I it's a nice gateway to get other people interested in things beyond what they already know. Yeah, because it's not like a well-known fact about how ABBA became so popular. No, so. same with Celine. Like there's so many artists that otherwise we may never have heard of but this is where <laughs> this contest might have been where they got their start. Okay, so I am going to sharp Rachel McAdams. Um, she is so lovely, and I can't think of any other character that she's played that's like this. So it was great to see this side of her. Yeah, uh, a little like you know comedic, a little weirdo out there. Um, and looking stunning the whole time. Uh, I, I'm also going to sharp Lars with the Americans because I laughed my ass off every scene that they were in together. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, so good. I'm going to sharp Theo. He cute. <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's your prerogative. <laughs> That's my prerogative. Uh, I also am sharpening uh, Lemtov's Dickie being ripped off in the final performance. It, I... <laughs> laughed my ass off so hard because it's made to look like this big reveal you know him just showing off his chest but he's still wearing a jacket and I'm like what okay yeah wait I'm gonna go back I'm gonna sharp Dan Stevens in general yeah Um, Yeah. he's he's, a gift he's really I love him he's such a talented actor um and I think it's such a shame that like in the states I guess he's best known for like Beauty and the Beast which is not a great movie and doesn't really let you um see the best of what dan stevens is capable of i feel like across the board all the actor all the talent this was such a great film for them to like showcase their weirdness yeah oh yeah oh he's so weird in this movie and pierce brosnan doing it sounds more swedish than icelandic it really does and i'm okay with that because it's so fucking weird yeah love it he looks uh, hot in this movie too. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's true. He's giving he's giving zaddy vibes. Very zaddy. zaddy. Yeah, yes. like that's a man who can go gray. Yes. <laughs> I'm also gonna sharp Sigrid's final uh, finals dress. It's gorgeous, and Husevic. Like, the performance is great. Yeah, um, I, I didn't th- even bother sharpening Husevic because I knew you were going to. Of course, some. It, it, I mean, I think across the board, we're all going to sharp it in a way. And I find it kind of funny that that song and Lion of Love are the only ones that you hear the whole song. Everything else is either disrupted or it's like a shortened version of the song. <laughs> Who wants, uh, Shady, since you started, let's do your flats. All right. Um, my big flat for the movie is that Natasha Demetrio is in it in a very small part 
she is the choreographer who works with them. Uh... And that actress is, she's not like super well-known yet, that she's incredibly funny. She's one of the leads in the TV series, What We Do in the Shadows. I was about to say, she's on FX. Yeah, yeah. And she's so funny. Um, so like, I wish they had given her a little more of a showcase. Um, I think that was a real missed opportunity. That's my big flat. <laughs> okay. Lauren, do you actually have any? Give me a moment. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. Then. Yes, you go first. <laughs> I know the reasoning behind it was to like show the strain in the relationship, but I didn't really like Eric's. I'm, I called it toxic masculinity. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but like his relationship with uh, Lars, I was just like, could you have done something else that's not, you know so bad uh parents are always stepping on dreams i know right uh i also (laughs) wish that there was that like we talked about uh if that there was a little more musical moments like you know if it was a stage show uh like we got an i want song we got uh demi lovato singing some more uh but that's just that that's just me and then the last one is like the biggest one because these the other two were so stupid this is the biggest one so watching it on netflix with the subtitles when they get to husevik they don't write out the icelandic lyrics they just say sung in iceland or singing in icelandic or some bullshit like that i'm like it's the song yeah you could do it yeah oh there'd be so many accent marks everywhere it would look beautiful i mean (laughs) i mean pay respect yeah no i agree with you i I didn't i did not watch it with uh subtitles so i didn't know that they did that i watched it for one part and i don't remember why i why i watched it with the lyric with the subtitles on and then i just kept it on well they you know when they get to like the committee in iceland and everything they are speaking with rather thick accents it wasn't that it was i i misheard i I was like, wait, what word did he just say? And it was that kind of a thing. Okay. All right, Lauren, I'm circling back to you. I don't know why I thought you said snorkeling and not circling. That's fine. I'm going to oh, snorkel goodness. my way to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back to the actual thing. Um, I'm not sure I have anything that I was truly disappointed in. I think in fairness, I, in complete fairness, I watched this movie every time I watch it this is one of the movies um in the last year and a half I watch when I'm like I need to pick me up when I need like a serious uplifting of my spirits so it's hard for me I think to find anything that detracts from that overwhelming feeling that I have a very visceral reaction to does that make sense yeah no (laughs) I get a well all right wait yeah, you're you're allowed that. you're allowed to <laughs> not have a flat or yeah. a sharp, you know. If right, it all no. works for you, it all works for you. And yeah, I think honest to be, if I'm honest, that's, that's really the case. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, I mean, mine was a nitpick. Mine, mine were nitpicky too. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I get that. I I really do. Besides, yeah, yeah, ding dong, both of you. <laughs> 
Because we know, the, I know that would be the answer to this next question. <laughs> would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Yes, yeah, yeah, ding dong. Besides, um, yeah, yeah, ding dong, I said. I mean, I have jammed out to this past album more times than I think the average person would. So, I mean, it's already all there, yeah, frankly. Yeah. Even the songs that ha- are just instrumental, I, I'm yeah. still, it's still on for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, the score is great. I do. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention in Sharps, they use a lot of Siguros music, yep. uh, who is, that's an actual Icelandic band. Um, and they're great. Uh, the composer for the score is an Icelandic composer. So he, he like put a lot of like folk music in there. And that's really great to listen to. Um, I do still uh, think that Lion of Love deserved to be the song of summer 2020. <laughs> It was for me. So yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm here to represent that. Oh, that, that made my Spotify rap for 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did for 2021, but yeah, I, I think, oh, you know what, if there were ever an issue, I always think that, you know, it's, it's nice when the person who's singing, here's a flag. I found one. Thank you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I get frustrated as a performer myself. If the person who is actually singing is not the person you're seeing on screen. Mm. Does this happen still? Obviously, yes. Because it did happen in this movie. Because I remember, and the same with, yeah, for both Rachel McAdams and um, Dan Stevens, both of them are, you know, are dubbed by other artists. Yeah. I did hear, though, uh, I read an interview one time with Dan Mm. Stevens. He was supposed to record Lion of Love himself, and he Mm. was supposed to sing it himself. Um, The pandemic got in the way of that, and they went with the demo instead, which is why it's a different voice. Ah, okay. And I'm pretty sure the reason... It is written in his range, and he was supposed to be the one who sings it. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was an attempt. And they, (laughs) I, I I also did read that they mixed rachel mcadams voice with the uh oh fuck i forgot who that was that dubbed her but they did like mix her voice in with the um other singer so Uh, okay yeah you're you're poking holes i know (laughs) right but i mean i i get it too because like you know that's not her singing. No, absolutely not. Same with him. I'm like, that's an opera singer. Like I'm <laughs> listening to it. I'm like, you got it. They got an opera singer now. I know to to sing the demo, and I'm like, but that you know that poor that individual is not the one who's going to get necessarily get the royalty checks from every time it gets streamed on Netflix. Like I, mm. that's I think of it from that perspective every once in a while too. I'm like, who's the check being written out to yeah. at the end of the day? Well, I will say I'm looking at it on Spotify right now. They credit the singers, not the uh, the actors. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. So, so I'm assuming the singers are getting the two pennies from Spotify every month. <laughs> I hope so. And <laughs> even even the Mitya, that song is not the uh, the actress singing. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah, that is okay. I'm looking at it right now. Come and play masquerade is credited to Petra Nielsen. Uh, Lion of Love is credited to Eric Mjones. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And then uh, My Marianne did the secret singing voice. Yeah. yeah. So there is always a part of my brain that will that I, that feels like I has to I have to advocate for those people. I'm like because they're doing you know they're they're doing the 
underlying work. Right. So Lauren and Don. Shady too, who would you want to cast to play Secret then as somebody who can both act the part and sing it? I mean, I know Rachel McAdams did a darn near perfect job, but like if we had to recast her in the mo- in this movie version. I mean, it is hard because she finds so much humor in what should be kind of the least funny part. Like she's my favorite part of like, I think the part I always laugh at most is when she so, says the elves went too far because she just delivers it so perfectly. Mm. I would love to see Erin Morley play Seagret. She's an opera singer at the Met. And she has an insane range. I mean, she what she's done like all the crazy coloratura roles. You know who else? If and, and if if Diana Domrau was younger, I would also be like, it should be Diana Domrau. Like oh, there are just some cool. serious like singer singers who could who are great actors as well. Who they're just not in Hollywood. They're not Hollywood humans. They're yeah. opera humans. And that for especially knowing that what kind of where Husivik ultimately lives, where it is in the stratosphere of the voice, that's who, that is what I gravitate to. I mean, she's already in the movie, but could Demi Lovato play Secret? Possibly. It would have to be either, I I don't know if Demi can sing that high. Yeah, I'm also, most of her acting has been Disney Channel stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that she could bring the right style of acting to it. Which is a different style of camp. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. And that's not. Uh, oh, sorry. They. Uh, I believe they go by they them pronouns. Demi Lovato, very talented. Um. But I haven't seen them in anything that wasn't a Disney t- Channel production. So I don't know that they could do the humor the way it's supposed to be done, and not, you know, do the Disney Channel thing of over exaggerating every single beat. I'm a Disney Channel kid wink everything like it's like half of the acting on the disney channel is like just mugging and what makes rachel mcadams so good in this is that she like does not she plays everything 100 percent sincerely how about a different mugging at all how about a different disney channel kid vanessa (laughs) hudgens oh she's good she mm. I, i mean i don't know if she can do the vocal range right I'm trying to think. I spent. I gotta watch her. There's a new Princess Switch movie on Netflix, which is those are the Christmas movies that she's in, where she. Plays I am familiar. <laughs> but I mean, you know, she's she also has like other musical movie credits to her name. You know, she she did the Grease Live. She did yeah. Tick Tick Boom. Besides the High School Musical of it all, so like, <laughs> I just don't know if she can do the Spiorg note yeah that's really it in terms of like acting i feel like she would be able well she's also she also like i know rachel mcadams looks so much younger than will ferrell vanessa hudgens would look like a baby right and (laughs) and we do have to keep in mind the beginning of this assuming this movie takes place in an alternate 2020 with no covid the beginning of this movie takes place like 46 years before the rest of this movie Mm mm-hmm so yeah. she has to be minimum late 40s. Yes. Even though Rachel McAdams, I think, is in her 30s. I don't know if she's that young. Yeah, Rachel McAdams was uh, only like she's... two years younger than Amy Poehler when they played mother and daughter in Mean Girls. 
I forgot about that. Yeah, and she was on Slings and Arrows when she was in her early 20s, and that was almost 20, almost 20 years ago now. Oh, boy. Well, I'm, but, like, look-wise, she looks like she's yeah. in her oh. 30s. Yeah. She looks our age. She's 10 years older than us. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. And on that note, everyone, <laughs> talking about ages, <laughs> we are done with the episode oh man we did it we done did it (laughs) i could talk about this movie for a few more though yeah but i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna stop you before we go into like three hours uh uh, okay uh i'm gonna continue on shady what do you have to plug or promote uh i'm gonna promote movie deja vu (gasps) what's that you say it's the other podcast that john co-hosts with me shady um, we talked about this movie, so go find that episode. We compared it to Pitch Perfect. Oh, that's right, um, did. Yeah. The song along and the, uh, oh, what is it in Pitch Riff Perfect? Riff Off. The Riff Off, that's it. Uh, we mostly just Talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, we have fun on that. Um, I'm also going to promote um, Icelandic tourism because that's how they make most of their money as a nation. Um, and, you know, you can follow me at Cookie O'Shady. What kind of dessert are you shady oh, today? On Twitter, I should say. I'm not on the Instagram. And today I'm, I'm going to be shark meat today because that's what they eat in ice. It's very disgusting. You're going to have to try it when you go there. Okay. Gee, thanks for the input. <laughs> Lauren, put it on our list. Oh, gosh, it's gross. Please try it. (laughs) It's a life experience. We have to do it. They'll give you one tiny little cube, and they'll be like, this is all you need, and then we'll give you some beer to wash it out. Oh! Okay. Fabulous. Okay. Okay. Lauren. What? (laughs) What do you have to plug or promote? Sorry. I don't really think I have to promote anything. Um at all. If you want to fight me on any given subject matter, I love a good argument. Um, you can find me at L-A-G-I-Z-Z underscore S-A-N-G-S, which is Lodges Sangs, or as John likes to do, Lodges Sangs. Hi. Um, you can find me there. That's usually where I, I think all my promotional stuff happens anyway. And if you want to tell me your thoughts on Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, or the real Eurovision Song Contest, you're more than welcome to. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. One of these days I'm going to read, I, I hope to get enough things to read them out, out, but no one wants to talk to me about their thoughts and feelings about our topic. So rude rude but i'm i'm open to all and everything especially this one like i would love to find somebody who hates this movie and be like okay let's have a conversation about it you know what i think that's what you maybe you should do for a couple of your podcast podcast guests john is find people who absolutely i know you you usually are the one if we bring something to you, you're usually the one to like poke all the holes in it. But I kind of <laughs> want, I, I want you to know what it feels like to be on the other side of that. Don't worry. There's one in the future that happens. <gasps> Ooh. That I may have already recorded. Who knows? Oh. Ooh. 
Uh, and I also did uh, a while ago <laughs> the, the 2014 Annie with Jason, which he's still in therapy about it. So <laughs> yeah, that happened. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about the 1976 TV movie version of Pinocchio. Hopefully Lauren and I are having fun in Iceland at this point. Yes. Uh, also, I hope everyone had a happy new year and, a, and happy holidays because um, this is going to be out way after the holiday season. So <laughs> no. ha- ha- happiness everywhere. And uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Let's go to Eurovision, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye for now, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Bye? Do I say bye? You guys can say bye. I'm gonna say bye. Lauren, do you want to say bye? Here we go.